Nick and Corey in the morning. Good morning. Welcome to oh fuck episode twenty nine. I think I think it's episode twenty nine of the Nick and Corey in the morning podcast. I'm gonna fact check this now. While I continue doing the intro. Uh, I'm Nick. Here with me, as always, is Corey. Hello. Hello. Did I do that intro right? I got really thrown off. I think I could see the immediate confusion on your face as soon as you're like, episode, oh, fuck, wait. Oh, man, that was good. Wait, I had a good, like, three episodes in a row that I would ask you before we'd start. And then we'd both check, and then we were solid. (laughs) Those days are a week behind us now, I guess. Yeah, no. Speaking of being behind, we're behind, but only by a day. We're late by a day, but it's fine. Mm-hmm. Fine. It's fine. Um, we both saw Elvis late on Sunday, and I was in bed with the lights off before you your movie even got done. Yeah. Yeah. So. It was a late showing. Yeah. It, it is what it is. It happens. Um, but before we get started, let me tell you everything you need to know about Anchor. No. Um, I uh, do tell me, tell me about anchor. I actually do have a a story. Okay. Um, I've been, I've been holding this in since Friday. Uh, Oh God. I'm embarrassed by it. Um, I, I realized this issue on Friday and I just didn't want to, like, I didn't know what to do. I could have probably found a solution to the problem but instead i just said i got to hold on to this and just tell Corey on the podcast so um max's uh one of max's friends from back home in binghamton flew down and was here this past weekend ryan and myself max ryan alex and courtney alex's girlfriend for those listening and don't know who these characters are um we all went to mexico which you've heard being referenced in a couple different podcasts Mm -hmm. it is a mexican food restaurant in ybor city in tampa florida called los chapos tacos that was a little little fucking hint for you right there for what's about to come um Los Chapos Tacos. It's very good. I enjoy it. Max adores it. It's almost a weekly routine when Max is here. Corey's been there once. He watched me die afterwards. Mm -hmm. And uh, I guess this is a little announcement for the podcast. I'm going to be moving back to New Jersey for a little while. So we are going to be on Zoom for the foreseeable future. But that doesn't mean we're not doing this show. We're still doing this show. Um, we just won't be in person, which is fine. We haven't been for most of them anyway. Well, we were talking about, uh, they, they have shirts at, at Los Chapos Tacos. And mm-hmm. we were talking about getting one. And they had on like frames on the wall, three of them. One was a sweater, which I wasn't buying a sweater. And they had a plain white tee and a pink shirt both of the all with the same design and we're talking about getting them me alex max 
And we're all like, that pink one is sick. And I was like, yeah, like maybe I'll get one. <laughs> and Max was like, I was thinking about getting the pink one too. And I was like, okay, well, you know, there was a little back and forth. He's like, no, I think I'm going to get the white one. And I was like, all right, then I'll get the pink one. It'll be a nice thing for me to have just to, you know, like remember one of my favorite restaurants in Tampa. Mm-hmm. So I got it. You know, I, I'm at the, I'm at the calendar. I, I order my churros on my shirt and they, they asked, uh, what size L? And I was like, what? I'm like you, you, you L? And I'm like, uh, medium. And like you look like you'd be L. And I'm like, I'm a skinny guy <laughs> just like that. You know, I'm, I'm 140 pounds that my Cameron used to focus. Thank you. I'm 140 pounds, five foot 10 on a five eleven on a good day. Um, six foot wingspan, tell your friends. And, uh, so the worker goes and gets me the shirt, hands it to me, pink shirt. Super excited, have it in my bag. Max afterwards uh, gets his white one, okay? And we're at, we're at our table. We're talking about how we got to get a picture in them at some point, okay? And I pull mine out because we're going to just put them on on the spot and take a picture there. And... Uh, well, I'm just going to hold it up. Oh, no. Fuck. It's a women's oh. medium. I can put this on real quick for you to show how tight it is. Hold on. Messing up the oh hair for Of course, it's the, the stereotype that it... Since it's pink, it has to be a women's short shirt, you know? Oh, man. I'm going to be honest with you. I'm going to be honest. You rock that shit. Thanks. My, my armpit hair hangs out of the sleeves. Dude. Hey. We're both wearing V-necks now. Which, when I saw it was a V-neck, I was happy because I fuck with V-necks. I'm a V-neck guy. I like guy. V-necks. I think, yeah. I think they're, they're cool. Yeah, and then I... Oh, man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's a... <laughs> God damn. When you For my cleavage. It's <laughs> <laughs> it is. A little bit of chest hair poking out. Oh, man. So, That's yeah. really good. I actually I, I didn't, that. I didn't tell Max. Courtney was like, that looks a little small. I was like, no, like it's fine. <laughs> it, it fits. And then Max was like about to take his, take his out of the bag and put it on. I was like, you know what? We'll do this another time. And he's like, I, I just ripped my bag. It's well, why would you rip your bag? Why couldn't you just open it? He's like, well, I didn't know how to open it because it was tied and mm-hmm, Max yeah. is a child like the rest of us. Yeah. And I didn't say why I didn't want to do it. I said, I just don't want to do it because I had that realization. <laughs> Fuck, this might be a women's shirt. <laughs> so. Fuck. Fuck. That's yeah. so funny though. I don't know what to do about it. I still have the sticker on. That's how like yeah lost i am with it when i had tried to put it on when i got home by the way i didn't even get uh-huh. it all the way on i was like oh fuck this and just ripped it off before it, like even covered my nips i i find it hilarious that they go yeah can i get the pink shirt in a medium they're like large you look like large doesn't matter it's not the right it's not for my body like you right is a is a large gonna fix this like like it's still the wrong type of shirt. Like, 
it's obviously not what I thought it would be. I'm clearly like the way it was shown made me think it was a different type of shirt. And it's like, oh no, it's it's not for guys kind of thing. It's like, okay. Yeah, no. So uh, I don't know. I guess I just have to get really big so I can just rip it from my rippling from my... just pecs and abs beneath the shirt. Oh yeah. I mean, this is tight enough where if I got ripped, you could see it through the shirt. Yeah, 100%. So, I don't know what to do with this. Um, I guess fall in love with someone that wears a medium? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. That's that's so funny. Hey, Nick, can I have one of your shirts? Why is it already in women's? (laughs) It's raining. It's like, oh man, I'm soaking wet. It's just like, well, good for you. I got this shirt. Perfect. <laughs> Knight in shining armor over here. Who is this? <laughs> yeah, really. God, That's really I, funny. I would be in trouble. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah, I'm going to keep it on until it really irritates me. <laughs> um, my God, dude. And I haven't, I haven't told any of them yet. That's so funny. Yeah. You're the first person I've told this wow. to. Wow. As soon as I saw this shirt, I'm like, uh-oh, something horrible is going to about to unfold. Yeah. But I wanted to hear the story play out. It makes it funnier that, like, why no one would question it either? Like, you know, like, just because it's a pink V-neck, that automatically means, like, oh, you know that's that's not the right shirt but then like you even got all the way to ordering it like hey i want this shirt then the only response is like you look like a large it's like it's not the right shirt i'm so confused it's not you should have just told me that's women's you and the whole yeah exactly the whole thing would be like oh then give me the white shirt then yeah jeez yeah wow that's so funny yeah mexico does it again man (laughs) mexico strikes again (laughs) so do do you have anything you wanted to say i like (laughs) my story is not gonna be able to follow this up i already told you but i i got to see one of my friends siblings at uh, the movie theater when I went to go see Elvis and he did not recognize me. So we had a kind of funny interaction where I was waving, like smiling at him from down a hallway and he made no, he didn't wave back, didn't smile back, was just kind of like, ah, like confused. And then I got closer to him and I said like, oh, I'm such and such friend and I've, I've met you before. And he's like, oh, okay. And then we went on with our ways on our date, like, Went our separate ways is what I was trying to say. That's a good song. Went our separate ways? Just separate ways. Oh, what's who made that? Isn't that is that not a journey song? I I can believe it. I'm not I'm not that into journey. Separate like, ways. Uh, my mom loves journey. I mean, they make only bangers. It's they the do. karaoke music, I would say. Yeah, I would agree. Pretty, it, all you have to do is, in any way you want it. 
Um, Wheel in the sky. Keeps on turning. I texted you those lyrics a few days ago. It was kind of poetic, kind of stupid. Was that not you I texted that to? Wheel in the sky keeps Keeps on on turning. turning. I texted you that. I'm 99% sure. I feel like that's very possible. I feel like that's very possible. We did Under the Sea a second ago. We did. Um, uh, um, we were talking about our podcast, and you said, um, I had told you that Max said he was going to send the Jurassic World episode to his dad. You said, oh, wow. I answered, the wheels in the sky keep on turning. And then that was the end of the conversation. No, I didn't follow that up. No, you said nothing. No. No way did i yeah yeah what feels bad for past me no dude feel bad for past me i was left on red well i, sh- I should have followed it up but maybe I no, wasn't thinking. Fine. it wasn't that funny <sighs> so yeah chump El- made elvis elvis with uh the guy that made the great gatsby and Corey's least favorite movie uh, for Romeo and Juliet. Yeah. I, uh, what's his name? Baz, Baz Thurman? Something, I don't know. It just, it's Baz. Makes me think of yeah. Baz Newsome, wide receiver drafted by the Chicago Bears last year, never touched the field. What round was he taken in? I think the fifth. Oh. Wide receiver out of UNC, Baz Newsome. Um, sixth round pick. Uh, oh, he did touch the field, but he only played special teams. Oh, I'm lying to you there, too. He, he <laughs> what the fuck? Okay. Whatever. Whatever. Shout out Daz. Had him in Dynasty till he, like, was a practice squad guy. Then I cut him. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Do a little debrief. Um, yeah. Well, well, I normally say something, but I, who, Tom Hanks, I can't tell you anyone else is in the movie. Austin Butler. Yeah. Yep. He was, you know what? You can go, actually. That's more stuff to talk about later. Well, uh, I mean, it's pretty straightforward. It's called Elvis. It's all about Elvis, pretty much, which, um, just his life, upbringing, how he became the idol that he was, and his, like, fall from grace and like what led him to this point um there's not like there's not a lot that i could say without giving it away immediately certain things but it's just his life and it's a more dramatized version of his life his life through the perspective of his manager played by tom hanks in a fat suit with an with an incoherent accent yes yeah um got any spoiler free thoughts on the movie Spoiler-free, Austin Butler is awesome in this. I don't know if anyone, like, I know, Nick, you haven't heard of him before. I didn't really know who he was either, but then, like, apparently he's, like, a Disney star or, like, child actor kind of thing, and that's what got him his, like, foot in the door. Yeah, he was but in, he's like, really Zoe, good. He was in, like, Zoe 101 and Nancy Classified as well. He double-dipped. He He's, like, I have a newfound respect for this guy. I think he's definitely going places. I think what he did here is really phenomenal. Um, 
so it definitely made me more interested in him as an actor but that's that's the only thing i really i think i want to say before we get into more spoilery talk yeah i don't know how to talk about this movie without spoiling it to be honest with you i feel like i say that every week it's this more so than anything else because if you don't know anything about elvis like his life I thought this movie was going in a completely different direction than where it actually went. And maybe it's because I have so little understanding of his personal life and like had so little like base knowledge on Elvis that it was like, I literally had no idea any of this was happening. I did not think this was a story that was going to be told. Yeah. See, so I'm kind of in the same boat where I didn't necessarily know a whole lot about Elvis. I knew some things, um, which a lot of the things I knew weren't really highlighted in the movie. <laughs> yeah. Um, also, this is, I guess this is kind of a spoiler thing, but it's not a spoiler to the movie. His little thank you, thank you very much that Uncle Jesse loves to say in Full House, impersonating Elvis. There was only one thank you, thank you very much. Well, I will say the, uh, the, the trademarked, like that saying, I think it came from one show. Oh, or maybe it was maybe he had done it like maybe once or twice, but like the one thing that was like, Elvis has now left the building. Like that only ever happened once, but it's mm-hmm. still like something that's referenced a lot. Um, they do say it briefly at the end of the movie, like at the, his very last show, they say like Elvis has just left the building. Um, but maybe I don't know enough about Elvis to say whether or not he said that line verbatim but i was also kind of like a lot of things that i know elvis for aren't really in this movie (laughs) yeah yeah i agree um i guess this is a non-spoiler thing you want to do tom hanks real quick without spoiling bad okay we'll just do tom hanks and spoilers actually just bad yeah bad I'm like, I was happy to see Tom Hanks because I'm always happy to see Tom Hanks, but like, I wish this wasn't Tom Hanks. I, to be fair, I don't know how many people could have pulled off this role. And maybe it makes it almost more ironic that it was Tom Hanks in it because he's like the guy where you, he's like the guy in casting where it's like, whatever, we don't know how to play this character. So we'll just get Tom Hanks. And it's like, all right, well, he'll just do the best he can in this role. You know, it's people will come for him. But he is so bafflingly weird. Like it's his character is so odd in this movie. And I don't know what his direction was or like what the idea was when they were making this. But he is easily the weakest character in the whole movie. So I was doing a little bit of research on my own and listening to some stuff, reading some things. And apparently the way he like this character is portrayed Obviously, he's awful and the worst part about the movie, mm-hmm. but supposedly this is a very Baz, whatever his last name, I'm going to call him Daz Newsome yeah. for the rest of this podcast starting now. Mm-hmm. Like, it's a very Daz Newsome-esque character, and it kind of gets a pass just because of the director and what he does. I, I can't speak of that on, like, firsthand. I saw mm-hmm. Great Gatsby when I was 15 years old, and I saw Romeo, Romeo and Juliet, Juliet when I yeah. was 15 or 16. 
I think also 15. I think I watched both of those movies in the same class. Same year. That would yeah. make sense. Freshman English. Gotcha. In, uh, yeah, long time ago. So was that seven years ago? Mm-hmm. Over seven now, I guess. So I yeah. I can't speak on that, but apparently that's the case. I think the I have two complaints, and I guess like these two complaints sum up the entire character. One, the fat suit. Yeah. I, I think I don't like fat suits. They're kind of an odd relic of movies past. I think they need to be phased out. I had said to you over a month ago that I'm not really excited for Elvis because one, I don't care about Elvis. Yeah. And two, Tom Hanks in a fat suit just gives me bad vibes. Uh, I guess I, I was, was right. He, you were definitely right because I was, I was thinking, I don't know, he could... If there's anyone who could pull that off, it'd be Tom. Like, same mentality that I had going into it. I was like, you know, maybe he'll blow me away. But then I watched it, and it didn't blow me away. It left me super underwhelmed, actually. That's always the toughest part is when you watch it. But uh, the second thing with old Tommy, the accent. The Memphis accent that he has throughout the whole movie? Is that what it was supposed to be? It it sounds like he's doing his best impression of Foghorn Leghorn while, like, constantly choking on something. Like, anytime he says anything, he's, like, barely sputtering it out. And then when he does get it out, it's just the most incomprehensible Southern accent you have ever heard. Like, I just couldn't even tell what he was trying to do. I get that, like, that character is you know, picks up Elvis in Memphis and like they, they like roll together and like he wants to get that dialect down. Just, I don't know what you're supposed to do in that situation because the accent is so phony. It doesn't sound right at all. No, and it's, it's distracting because you can't comprehend what he's trying to say. You lose the actual line and the actual yeah. point of that scene, what the character is trying to say because the accent is just so distracting. and incoherence it is really bad i don't don't even know how much i can't even add any more to that it's just really bad yeah um you want to spoil some stuff with me yeah okay spoiler stamp elvis dies shocker everybody um i was like one the movie is very long and (laughs) I sat down in the movie theater, right? And this is this theater is the same one where you can like order food and there's a server that comes up to you and takes your order. I sit down and I'm like looking through the menu and I hear these people behind me and they're getting their orders placed and they're like giving out drink orders. And the guy's like, well, you got to make sure you get your drink orders in now because it's a long movie. And I'm like, what? <laughs> and then that was also at the same time they or like, I know earlier in the day you had said it's like a two hour movie or two and a half hour movie. And I was like, oh, no, it's more like a two hours and 50 minute movie or two hours, 40 minutes. And I was like, ah, it's so unnecessarily long. It is 239 and it yeah. feels like all 169 minutes, 159 minutes. Sorry. There so, were, go ahead. No, you go. I was just going to say, there's a lot of things that could have been cut out. A lot of things that could have been just like skipped over 
and I, I don't even know if skip over is like the right way of doing it. Maybe they can show it in like a clip, quick like blurb or like just explain it. I don't know. But there are so many moments where it's like, why are we focusing on this thing? Like, why are we like dedicating time to this thing when I want to see this other thing? See, so this movie did a lot of montaging, which I appreciate because you have to condense a lot of information into mm-hmm. you know a, a respectable runtime in this case two hours and 39 minutes and something i had said to you and to alex alex said this movie was really long but i don't know what i would have cut yeah to me everything that i saw i didn't want to see and everything that was abbreviated i wanted thread fleshed out like yeah, I I think it was cool seeing like his his upcoming in Memphis his and whatnot childhood. exactly and like his connection with the different uh, blues jazz singers him and yeah. Little Richie was cool BB King BB King that was Little Richie was the other one right yeah Little uh, Richard and then uh, uh, Big Mama Horton or whatever her name is mm-hmm. that sounds about right I thought she was that. The one who- Hound dog. Yeah. Yeah. I thought all of that was cool. Um, but there were some parts that just felt a little too dragged out. And you kind of just rush over the Elvis movie star era. Mm-hmm. Like he was, there was, he was the biggest actor in Hollywood, mm-hmm. you know? And it's like that whole, <laughs> they went <laughs> like, late 50s 60s 70s and then he was no longer an acting star it was like all right he's done his movies already he's made it and it's like what the fuck i just missed that whole thing yeah it's like i would have liked to have seen that a little bit um his wife who apparently was a big part of his life and his story and whatnot is essentially an extra in this movie yeah afterthought Um, fat elvis and his drug abuse there should have been like a uh, a point at which Elvis falls off the cliff and you, we see the downward spiral mm-hmm. and not it be like he, he signs into this contract and he's he's splitting up and now the movie's over. That should have been yeah. fleshed out more. That's I don't want to say that's peak Elvis because obviously it wasn't peak Elvis, but in terms of the, the Elvis, the rock star that people remember, is mostly from that era. Correct me if yeah. I'm wrong. I would I would agree with you. The I mean, that's the whole thing with uh, him selling out in the International Hotel, like being in Vegas. Like Vegas is, I mean, Elvis is a staple of Vegas. Like people will dress up as uh, Elvis, walk the street, shit like that. And it's because of his popularity and like the, the mark he left on that city. So it seems kind of odd that they kind of like glaze over a lot of it i uh the another thing that was really annoying about the way the movie is just presented like the story it's presented i absolutely hated that the entire movie is narrated from the perspective of the guy who basically fucked over elvis the whole movie i thought that was so stupid i was like can you just tell this in a different way why are we telling it from the perspective of this guy who is about to die and we have these weird 
scenes of him gambling as he's like holding on to an IV drip bag. Like, can we? I know that's also a staple of this director and him having like these kind of like more whimsical like scenes or whatever. But God, I hated the way the movie was pre- like presented. See, now I I thought that was really cool initially. I liked the idea of it not necessarily being just here's Elvis's story, but here's Elvis's story from someone who had been there the whole time and mm-hmm. like kind of seeing it, just like seeing it from a different perspective rather, rather than it just being a biography. Yeah. However, I think that they introduced it like that and then did nothing with it. Like he I just... thought this was going to tell a story about how the manager was perceived as this sort of villain and how he was pulling the strings behind behind scene behind the scenes the whole time mm-hmm. and you know show his his um his gambling and how he was taking advantage of Elvis but it was very brushed over you get like a single scene of somebody telling him that the, his debt would be washed mm-hmm. and then his outburst at the end of the movie where he's yeah. like saying on stage that he doesn't have a passport and all that stuff. Yeah. But there's no build up to that. And I think it could have been a really cool way to tell this story without it just being a direct biography. Like this was Elvis as a child. This was Elvis mm-hmm. as he was getting discovered. This was Elvis as an actor. This was Elvis at his peak in Vegas. This is the downfall. And now he's dead. Um, Which I guess not... did neither of them go on. Sorry. You haven't seen rocket man, right? No, I have not. That movie is really interesting because, well, Elton John is still alive, but they they tell his story of, like, rise and, like, superstardom and, like, all the things that came during that story. But the way the movie's told is from a perspective of Elton John going to an AA meeting, and he's telling his life story to a bunch of other um, recovering alcoholics. And it makes sense that he's telling the story because it's, like, all the things that led him to this point, you know? Like how, why his addiction is at where it's at right now. This feels so unnecessary because it's not like Tom Hanks's character is trying to clear his name. It makes it seem like he is. He doesn't present himself in a good way at all. Like he, he presents himself as the bad guy the entire time. And at no point are we anywhere sympathetic towards him. He is just this villain who is, abusing elvis and it's like am i supposed to feel bad that he's dying or am i supposed to have any sort of feelings about this character and is he like i that's what threw me off the whole time it's like why am i supposed to care about this guy but they kind of just tell us he's abusing elvis and not necessarily showing it like we see a lot of the times elvis going against him so it's like all right how much control does this guy really have you know I think mm, it could be I'm thinking more so of the end of the movie where he signs that big deal where it's like you play for five years, unlimited, you know, your debts are washed, whatever, mm-hmm. unlimited credit, that sort of thing. And he imagine if you're an artist and you don't see like the world because of a shitty, shitty advice that someone gives you and it's like oh well you could play this place forever and have like a constant deal but then you just end up in obscurity like you're washed now no one wants to do anything with you i i think it's from like an artist perspective it makes a lot of sense why he was 
like from Elvis's perspective, like being abused by this guy. That's fair. Um, and even with that, sorry to cut you off, but there's no, just there's a there's that one scene where he passes out, and he's yeah. very much like, I don't, you know, Tom Hanks character's like, I don't care what happens on the as stage. long as she's on that stage. Yeah, which I guess like that is the big villainous moment, but that's in the last like fifteen minutes still, you know? Yeah, yeah. The movie's almost three hours long, and we don't get villainous uh, aspects of him even signing that contract till the last half hour. You get the sense that he's not a good guy the whole movie. Like, he fucks over that other country singer that was with them on the circus tour. He, like, does, like, bad things. But he's a greedy character, and you kind of already get that. Like, it's show business, and he calls himself the snowman the whole movie. And he, like, Elvis is, like, buying into this idea of the show and, like, what theatrics and all that. And it's like, all right. Well, Elvis is still on board. Like, is it not? So someone lost power. It was me. You're very uh, dark. Yeah. So in the time that I, I, I'll be frank, I don't even remember what I was talking about before. Uh, lightning struck right when I was making like my point, and it caused a power surge through my house. And now it's really dark out, so I have my little desk white lamp thing. Um, but it. It completely derailed me, so I don't remember what I was talking about. I, I don't know. I, I couldn't even attempt to guess. Can we talk we, about... We've been gone for like 45 minutes now, so it's, it is past us. What? It's fine. Whatever. I do want to talk about... Uh, the mail? The, can we talk about the mail? I've been dying to talk to you about the mail. Talk to me about the mail. Uh, another M word, music. The music in the movie <laughs> is so odd and i know this is a bad thing that he's done specifically i remember him doing this in the great gatsby but he likes to mix like music of that era with music of the current era and it creates a very odd disjointed piece and it was one of my biggest criticisms of the great gatsby where it'd be like all right we have like you know, 50s style, like swing music, but then we got fucking Jay-Z and Kanye in the background, like doing like hip hop shit. And it's like, all right, what is the tone that you're going for with this? Doja Cat made a song for the Elvis biopic. Mm -hmm. I don't even think Doja was a word when Elvis was alive. I, uh, one, the way the song is also used in the movie is like not at all used in a like organic way. It's more like Elvis is walking from one area to another and then they just play like, hound, play a, ah, get it. And I'm just like, all right, what are we doing? Like, I'm so confused on like why they chose it. Like, this is the like best time to play this song. Like, here we go. Like, I get it. Um, you want, like, uh, you know, a current, very popping artist to make a song for your, your whatever, your movie to promote it, your, a single. But usually they have the song in the end credits or, like, another time in the movie where it makes more sense. How's this Celsius? This is just a high noon. 
Oh, ooh, gotcha. But yeah, I, uh, you know, you can say whatever you want about the song, but like the way it's actually used in the movie is bad. <laughs> I just don't think it, I don't think it could have been used well in this movie. I think it was just a weird fit. So out of place. And it's, it's fine that they made the song in the first place. I just was expecting it to be like in the end credits or something or like opening credits, one of the two. And it's not used in either. No. And it's so odd. They do recycle a lot of the same Elvis songs in this. Oh, yeah. Which I'm cool with because it was all the hits. Like I knew every yeah. single song that was in this movie. And I'm not right. somebody that listens to Elvis. So I think that works when you're making a movie about someone that's been dead for over 40 years. Yeah, like Hound Dog, Schoolhouse yeah. Rock, mm-hmm. like it's the ones everyone knows. Yeah, play the hits. Right. And when when Elvis actually Elvises, like when he's actually playing, it's awesome. Oh, like, yeah. Those are the coolest scenes in the whole movie is when he's just like gyrating his hips and he's going fucking nuclear. So I, I do want to talk about just him performing, but mm-hmm. I want to talk about how horny all the women were. In the, in the fit, like 50s, 60s era? Yeah. Yeah. I don't get it. Like that was I, uh, so over the top. I, I love the, the, the one chick who is like with, with his, her date or whatever. Like it makes it seem like they're a thing. She's sitting front row and she's just like. Yeah. She's like transforming into a different person. And then she lets a, a little yelp, like a. And then. Like, and then immediately like. I can't help her. It's almost like. Did just Tim Allen there? <laughs> can't help it. It's so. I, I think it's very funny, the, the gender norms where it's like guys are kind of portrayed as the, the horny ones. It's like, oh, keep it in your pants kind of thing. Dude, women were like throwing their panties at Elvis as he's on stage. And it's like at no point are you like, oh, yeah, because a guy would just throw their underwear at a female artist like that. <laughs> no, <laughs> we should start doing that. We should make that a norm. I think we would get arrested. Probably. Yeah, I, definitely. I feel like that. I mean, I shouldn't say because maybe that was what it was like back then. And I wouldn't know because I wasn't born yet. Neither were right. my parents. But that felt very over the top. And oh, God. Played. And it was just weird. I do think uncomfortable. I think a part of that movement that, like, I guess, like, what has helped me understand it is like you come from a rigorous, like, gender normative society where it's just like now they're women are supposed to be like these housekeepers are not supposed to like break the rules or like do anything wrong so like having this artist that's super like free or like awaken something in these people then it it, kind of makes sense like if you ever see the uh beatles ed sullivan show like that that famous clip of like people like losing their minds when the beatles are playing it's like it's identical like people are just like going into hysterics with watching these people like just play music and it's like all right are we drinking the same thing like what's happening here yeah i don't fully get it i also have something else in this movie that made me uncomfortable okay the mom elvis's mom yeah kept calling him booby (laughs) i shouldn't say uncomfortable 
But like, come here, booby. Me, Alex, and Courtney were cackling in the back of the theater. First time I ever sat in the back row of a theater. And thank God, yeah. because it was the most I had ever talked in a the theater, I think. I, it's kind of endearing, I guess, like that Southern, like, come here, booby. Like, I guess it's, it's, I can kind of understand it, but still, it's not like a. I'm not a Southerner. See, that's the difference between you and I, I think, where I kind of, I understand it to a degree because there's certain, there's certain things from every like corner of the world where they have like a certain thing and they just like hold on to it. And it's like, all right, even if you question it, you just, you just say like, oh, it's a Southern thing or it's like, uh, whatever. I don't know. Try to explain like what a Publix is to someone who's never been to one. And it's just like, it's, so it's a supermarket. It's like, no, but it's like better than a supermarket. It's like, it's a bad argument. Yeah, that's true. I think it's just a, like, I don't, I don't get it. Cause I'm not from here. We will be, it was kind I'm of not funny. One of yours. Not, I didn't laugh, but I can see how that would be funny. We were dying at it. And Alex also be- isn't really from here. He grew up in Connecticut and Washington. Right. And whatnot. Courtney, though, she's from here, so. I'm, I guess it is a very specific thing, I guess. I mean, I've never heard someone in my, like, hometown say, come here, booby. Like, you know, I've never heard that before. But um, it, I guess if whatever, then, then people from Memphis have a different. That's for sure. I, uh, something I also really didn't like was how the movie is actually like edited and put together specifically in the first half. It had a really cool stylistic thing in the beginning where it was showing like casinos and the hotel and it had all these like big sweeping shots. And it's like, Oh, this is kind of cool. I can tell like all of it is CGI and it's just like, just for the gimmick of showing like what Vegas is like. And it was kind of cool, but then they like cut to Elvis as he's working his like first big thing. Then they cut to him as a kid. And then they cut back to him, but before he was a, doing his like gig and they cut back to the gig and it's like, can we just be in the moment in one place and not keep cutting around to these different parts of his life so quickly? Yeah, it was very, very quick cut. Kind of the opposite of the Northman actually, where everything was a long take. Yeah. But it, it, yeah, that was definitely the case. There were a few things that they did that I liked a lot, though. Mm-hmm. Specifically, I hmm, I want to say it was, I can't remember what part it was. Maybe when his mom had died and he mm-hmm. was being interviewed or something, and they were flashing a bunch of newspapers, newspaper articles, and in the bottom left, every single one was a different picture but they kind of played it like stop motion where every single one yeah. was like transitioning. It, like, Let's say the bottom left was a video of him being interviewed and talking, but it was playing yeah. as, as a photograph for the different newspaper headlines that were flashing. And I thought that was yeah. really cool. Yeah, there was, I will say like a lot of the transitions had like, it's a cool idea. It's just, I wish they would kind of like stick to one thing and keep going that way in that direction. Like, the random comic panel of him being in a Captain Marvel comic. And it's like, all right, like, it's cool. It's like fanfare. I get it. It shows like he loves the character. And then they, they use like the, the rock of eternity and they talk about it in the movie and like talk about it. as like, 
like the peak of being famous and like getting to that point is really hard. I wish they had either like, it just feels so weird. It's like, what are we doing? Like, why are we cutting to like this comic panel of him as like kid Captain Marvel? It's like, all right. Captain Marvel Jr. AKA Shazam. Yeah. It's, it was, I think it was, it was kind of cool. It made a lot of sense. Like Elvis as a character, I guess. If he had one superhero that was his favorite, it's either Superman or like one of the other offshoots of that character. I had said to Alex, oh, shout out Shazam. And I don't think he (laughs) understood it. No, really? I'm not positive. He he didn't give like a reaction that was like, ha ha, yeah, I get that. It was like a, yeah. So I don't know. Maybe he didn't know what I was talking about. Interesting. Or maybe he was just so engrossed in the movie because, I mean, let's be real here. It was a very engrossing movie. No, it wasn't. (laughs) They were mid, like, I want to say, like, it was pretty much towards the end, like, two-thirds of the movie was over. Uh, And, I mean, it was a pretty empty theater where I was at. Like, there weren't that many people. So I I was texting Nick. Oh, Yeah, I was going to ask, at what point did you start texting me? It was, like, two-thirds into the movie. Like, I I was getting to the point where I was like, fuck, this is taking so long. And you asked, how was the movie? And I went, meh. Yeah. And that's still how I feel about it, I think. It's such a mid-movie that it's like, all right, why is there so much, like, there's, it feels so long, and the story isn't necessarily, like, that interesting. It's nothing that I haven't seen before, the whole rise and, like, fall, like, what fame does to people. But, like, the major conflict of the movie is... Elvis and his like manager, or they make it seem like that's the conflict, and it goes nowhere. It 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 kind of flutters out. It doesn't. They don't do anything like super like interesting with it. And maybe it's because they're trying to be like, you know, like this is actually what happened in real life. But it doesn't make for like a really entertaining two and a half hour movie. See, I totally agree with you. But do you know what makes this? I don't want to say all worth it because obviously like it's still very flawed, but what mm-hmm. makes it worth it to a degree is the performances when he's on stage. I will say those, that those are the greatest parts of the whole movie. Yeah. Like it, the, the Vegas shows are incredible. Oh yeah. And like Dude, you can, him doing his like little solo TV pr- production when he has those uh, Rolling Stones guys help him like make it. And he's like writing new music it's so revitalizing. You think he's coming back into his own. Like it's actually like something that he cares about. It's awesome. For sure. For sure. And like you, you, you truly get, obviously you don't get it to the same degree as the people that saw it in person, mm-hmm. but you understand what it was like to see him perform because the whole thing, like kind of the same deal with Michael Jackson, I feel like, and Bruce Springsteen too. The music is fine. But seeing him perform live the in the show itself yeah. just makes it a thousand times better. And yeah. you got that through this movie. 100%. 100%. I I just want to... A, a quote from Corey. I, this might have been during the movie still, I think, actually. Okay. Uh, because there was 20 minutes in between texts and then you were answering consistently. So I think this was still during the movie. 
there is a fantastic movie buried in this mess. Yeah, I still and agree I, to that. Yeah, I think that sums it up perfectly. Um, like I said, I think the things I wanted to see were were rushed over. Um, you know, I talked about like Hollywood Elvis. Mm-hmm. He he died from, I mean, he died from a heart attack. But drug he induced. was. It yeah. was a drug-induced heart attack, and we just kind of glaze over glaze over that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I just... uh, one of the thing about a movie where your center is one person, like oh, it's you know, the center is Elton John, the center is Freddie Mercury, the center is Elvis Presley. I want to see his conflicts, like the things that are messing with him, and you get that feeling certain times during the movie, like struggles with fame you know like they kind of hint at it at certain parts of the movie like his financial woes in the beginning those are the things i wanted to see elaborate more on i want to see him struggle as an artist and like what led him to this point i don't want his manager being the main character and kind of dictating the conflict that's not really what i wanted i wanted more of a oh he's going through these personal struggles isn't this interesting do you know what they kind of glossed over a little bit? What? So the dad was in charge of the financials. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Kind of dropped the bag there, didn't he? Bro, he fucked up heavy. He also kind of sounded like he didn't give a shit about his son. Yeah. He was very passive like, about like everything. He let that guy, the manager, just kind of fucking walk all over him. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I also had never heard of, you know, because I don't follow Elvis Presley, but I've never heard of the Colonel. Uh, I didn't know who the fuck this guy was, but he opens up the movie by saying, like, you probably know me as the guy who who killed Elvis or something like that. He, he frames it like that. I'm like, huh? So <laughs> I no. thought he died on the toilet. No, exactly. <laughs> it's like, I thought that was a toilet, but all right. Um, it's It's kind of, it's just so interesting. And I know... I guess this is me like having to, you know, from a, a movie production perspective, they will never show something that openly like, you know, that this movie was helped made by the Elvis estate. Like they helped make this movie. That's how they got the rights to like using his name and his likeness and all of that. So they're not going to make a movie where it paints him as a bad guy, which I get it. You don't want like someone who was in your family your ancestor or whatever to be painted as a bad guy. But like they gloss over a lot of the conflicts of him being an artist too. It's like, well, yeah, the FCC doesn't want to do anything with you because you make all the women horny by just like moving your hips around, but also like media outcry because he's popularizing black music and making it his own, like giving no shout out to any artist. There's that one line where he says, Oh, BB uh, King is the king of rock, or like he says it like that, and it's like, all right, real Elvis never did any of this. He's kind of a dick. Yeah, which I get. Oh, the family wants to protect the family name and whatever, mm-hmm. and I get that. Like, and they they kind of beat around the bush a little bit with this, and they what's Priscilla? Is that her name? Yeah. Do you know how old she was when they met? Fourteen. Fourteen. So yeah. they they just said teenage daughter in the movie 
I didn't right. know that he was a child predator, essentially. Yep. I just heard that it was like, well, she's underage. And that's all I, that without saying her age, the fact that they just said the, I think it was the sergeant, the sergeant's teenage daughter. I was like, okay, yeah. that tells me everything I need to know. Um, which I think yeah. that's like a safe way of going around it. Cause he, mm-hmm. like, don't, don't make her something she isn't, but also don't make it seem like, he it's was a good a child thing. predator and that's fine which apparently he was i did a little bit of research and it seems like he was um involved with a lot of uh underaged women Alice is not a good guy no and like unashamedly he's not a good guy and we're not as pops like rock stars you kind of almost expect that a little bit and yeah. I, I don't i know it's not like not a good thing but like if you're doing a movie about a person show them in their entirety like don't just have this this half-assed attempt at showing off somebody because you want to be respectful i get there's like a certain balance that has to go with that but like goddamn, it's not like he's human too it's not like he did, hasn't made mistakes but like just because he's he made a hound dog we're gonna give him a pass and be like all right well the shitty things he does it doesn't really like we're not gonna televise it we're not gonna put on the, the movie yeah i uh i don't know man i don't know yeah it left me with kind of a weird feeling about it because they they show like his inspiration early on like on beale street and stuff like that but they at no point make any like reference to him just stealing music like and not attributing it to the original artist and yeah. saying it's his own work. So here's, I, we were walking out of the theater and I think it was Courtney said that she learned a lot about Elvis from this movie. Mm-hmm. Part of it, like we were talking about with, you know, you don't want to paint him as a bad guy. So things get left out. I don't know how much is fabricated and how much isn't. Oh, I, I'm sure, like, you know, I'm not going to do any more research on Elvis because I don't really care that much about his story, I'll be honest. No, he was, but, he's been dead for 45 years. Yeah. You know, he, the biggest impact he's had on me was being Uncle Jesse's favorite uh, musician. Yeah, it, it's, you know. That's it's a full cool. house reference for those that don't know what I'm talking about. With all these movies about musicians or, like, you know, you're talking about people's estates, like they don't want to be framed as a bad guy at no. all. And it's also meant to be dramatized. It's kind of like those, you know, based on a true story movies that adds like fabricated characters or like storylines to make it more dramatic. Not everything is hundred percent true. I'm sure like the, like the framework of, you know, the Colonel was a real person and he did find Elvis and he was in this circus and he did do these things. And he did fuck him out of this money and made him work at this hotel for five years. Like, I think all those things could be right, but there are also things about it that I feel like could definitely have been made up for the movie. Yeah, for sure. Uh, There's something I wanted to talk about real quick. So the person that got cast as Elvis. Yeah. Do you know who he beat out for that role? Who? So what? what's the guy from Baby Driver? I can't think Yeah, he beat him out, which like, that's With fine. That- like that makes that sense. Makes sense. Yeah, he's awesome at everything he does. But this wouldn't have been good. He beat out Miles Teller. I would have loved loved to see Miles Teller in this role. I, think. I actually 
No. Really? Okay. I don't, he might get the look down, but I don't know how great he is as a singer. I know we only saw the great balls of fire in Top Gun and that's pretty much it. But like, Doesn't I don't know if he could, yeah, he could do the dancing too. But like, I don't really, I just don't see him as a Elvis type. Plus it probably would have, we might not have gotten him for Top Gun Maverick. That's true. Well, no, because Top they did well, reshoots. That's true. That's true. That's true. I was gonna say that was filmed in like 2010. Um, and he beat out Harry Styles. Oh my God! <laughs> How? I don't Man. know. So I, here's here's my only thought process with it: is uh-huh. you wouldn't want to have such an iconic singer be a such an iconic singer an artist true that's the only possible reason why i could see harry styles wasn't elvis i granted that's crazy that he beat out those people i think he did an excellent job regardless i think i I can't really picture like it would have been it's a crazy what if it's like oh what if like those guys have gotten this role but like i still think he did the best or he he definitely did the best with what he was given and i I I liked him a lot I think he did a very good job, but I mm-hmm. would love to see an alternate universe where they played him. Yeah. Because those 100%. are huge fucking names. Oh, yeah. I, I Again, I think with Harry Styles, it was just, look, I don't want Harry Styles to perceive another legend in the industry. Right. But I think he would have been incredible. And I, I really would have fucked with Miles Teller just because Footloose, I liked him a lot in Footloose. Yeah. Probably not what you uh, expected my, like, my Miles yeah. Teller go-to to be. No, but, yeah, that's not at all. But, like, hey, I'm here for it. Well, Footloose. Do you have any other thoughts? I don't think I do. I'd like to stop thinking about this movie, if that counts. Okay, let's get in the ratings then. Yeah, okay. Do you want to go first? Yeah, we'll, we'll throw a little curveball. I'll go first. All right. Um, this movie, I, I realized I was just silent. That's bad podcasting. Um, I, this movie shortened everything that I wanted to see and lengthened everything I didn't want to see. And that's infuriating. However, I think it still did those things well that it showed me. It just didn't show me what I wanted to see, you know? I think it was, Mm -hmm. I think it was, you could see some creativity in how it was made. And when he's performing, it's incredibly exciting. The person that played Elvis, I I don't remember his name, and I'm never going to. Who? Austin Butler. Austin Butler. Jimmy Butler. Jimmy. Austin Nola. (laughs) Uh, That's Aaron's brother. Brother on the uh, Padres. He's the the catcher. The Phillies lost one nothing a couple nights ago. It was because his brother hit the only dinger of the game. Yep. yep. He, he had a single. It was the only run of the game. Nola, seven innings, 13 strike or No, I think it was 10 strikeouts, actually. One run. It was his brother. Yeah, that's crazy. Last Christmas, he gave Austin his Christmas present was a ball that he used to strike him out. 
That's fucking brutal. That's my guy. Um, anyway, Austin Howard. Austin Butler. Butler. I don't know where Howard came from. Uh, he was really good. Tom Hanks, really not good. Really bad. It's a shame because I really like him. You know, all my favorite mm-hmm. movies. Two of my three favorite movies ever have Tom Hanks in it. In uh, The Polar Express. Oh. And, and I can't even think of another random Tom Hanks movie. Toy Story. This is a, no, Toy Story is actually part of the top three. It's it's Catch Me If You Can and Toy Story. But I, right. I couldn't even fabricate a, another random. Pinocchio. It hasn't big, even come out big, yet. And I was going to be shit. Big big, big. big. I actually really fuck with Big. I like Big. It's yeah. okay. The yeah. Burbs. What? It's a movie called The Burbs. And he plays a like basically nosy next door neighbor. And he goes insane. Captain Phillips. And that's a good movie. That is a good movie. Um, Sully. 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 Um, um, Castaway. That's a really good uh, movie. So I don't want to talk Gr- about that. Green Mile. Um, the Da Vinci Code. I have not seen any of those movies. I'm going to be I haven't honest seen with you. The Da Vinci Code, but like I, I remember it coming out. My two favorite Tom Hanks movies Angels and Demons and The Terminal. Apollo 13. How do I always forget Apollo 13? Yeah, I forget that movie exists sometimes. So anyway. it's bad. It's just like, don't remember it. It's just, yeah. I mean, there's just... It came out at a time where Tom Hanks was just putting out banger after banger after banger. Does that... Mm -hmm. I believe it shares a release year with Toy Story. It does. Therefore, it's not even the best Tom Hanks movie of the year, let alone the decade. Let alone... (laughs) You went out the That's gun with Polar Express, jump. and I was like, "What?" <laughs> yeah, I'm. I wish I could have been smoother with that that landing. God, with the Polar Express, yeah, Polar yeah, Express, Jesus. That's all I had to say. And the Lady Killers, Polar Express, and the Lady Killers. The fuck is that? Whatever. He was not good in this movie, but I like Tom Hanks, so I'm going to give it a tiny, the, the smallest little baby baby pass. Like, you know the parts of the ticket that they clip off in the Polar Express? Yeah. That's how big of the pass he gets. The, gotcha. little, the little clippings. All right. Um, I, like, when I walked out of the theater, I told Alex I'm probably around 75, but the more I've thought about this movie, the more it's gone down. Because I don't yeah. want to rewatch this. No. And like my cutoff is always 70 and up. I will rewatch below a 70, a 69 and down. Uh, go. I, I'm trying to think of a 69 joke and I can't. I'm sorry. <laughs> no worries. <laughs> you know, below a 69, I'm yeah. not wasting my time. Yeah. <laughs> uh, um, and this is definitely not something I'd rewatch. Uh, but like part, I I liked seeing him perform a lot. Like I genuinely did, and I thought it was exciting and entertaining. But it's mm-hmm. long, and it feels long, and it just wasn't even close to what I wanted to see. And I already wasn't that excited for it. So I think I'm gonna go with the 67. Okay. Because there are things I really enjoy. And I actually do think that there are clips that I will look up on YouTube 
specifically him performing in Vegas. But I don't yeah. know how much past that. Like, I honestly have the urge to. Gotcha. Something line on 67. All right. My, my mentality is very similar where it's, you know, I, I don't really feel the need to go see this in theaters again, let alone see this ever again. But it's, it's odd because I was so, like, thrilled by Austin Butler being in the main role. Like, I think he's, he portrayed Elvis in a way that I can't see many other people doing. And I really liked him in this role. I think he's awesome. I think a very surprisingly bad performance by Tom Hanks. And really, the whole supporting cast is kind of meh to me. Very forgettable. Very forgettable. They don't, there's no like lasting impression that I get from any of them. I find the editing obnoxious. I hate the presentation of the actual movie when it's not him actually performing. Any other scene where it's him like, like transitioning to a new scene or like he's hanging out with his buddies or anything like that, I am super annoyed by it. Maybe it's this this director, because pretty much all the movies I've seen by this director, I don't like. I don't like Romeo and Juliet. I don't like The Great Gatsby. I find them very annoying where they took a very serious movie and made it whimsical and fun when it shouldn't be. And it's it's so it makes me annoyed that a great story was in this movie and you fucked it up. Like you made it bad. So I'm going to give it a 43 and it's all because of Austin Butler. I think he does such a great job that I think he deserves more recognition. And like what Nick said, I think I would watch the scenes of him performing him playing in Vegas, him on the road, him doing his uh, television movie thing that they try to shoehorn like a Christmas thing into. I can watch those scenes. The rest of the movie, I have so little interest in watching again. Hey, can I change my score? (laughs) Okay. Not by a lot, but I'm just looking at other movies that I've given in the 60s, and I Mm -hmm. like all of them more than this. (laughs) Okay. Go for like it. I, I typed in your 43, and naturally, the Adam Project's 66 and a half jumps out of me. I'm like, what the fuck is that doing? Oh, that's right. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm like, well, I liked the Adam Project more than this by, like, a decent amount. Uh, and I was like, well, fuck, all right, so I got to give it at least a 66. Move it down one point. I looked up a little a little bit more. Studio 666, I gave a 65. I'm pretty confident I liked that more. I scrolled up a tiny bit more. See, I gave Death on the Nile a 63. I am more likely to rewatch the second half of that movie than this movie. Only the second half of that movie, though. The first half makes me want to claw my eyes out. So, so I'm, tra- I'm dropping. I'm dropping this. Yeah. Um, How much? I, to 61. 61. Okay. I, yeah. And the other thing, too, that is kind of weird about this movie is I know people will like it. I know a lot of people will go and see that movie and be like, wow, that's one of the best movies I've seen in a while. They'll have like an odd love of this movie because it's so showy and bombastic and over the top. And maybe that is someone's like favorite thing. I find it so obnoxious. I hate it. So it's, it, it's a weird, weird dichotomy that we live in. Yeah, I think, I think there are people that 
would really enjoy this. And it comes down to the director and his style. Mm-hmm. And I think it's just not for everyone. It was just mad to me. Obviously, you're you're very, very anti Daz Newsome. Yeah. I I think it's it's fine. It doesn't there, but there were shots in this that I thought were really creative. Yeah. And even parts that didn't i didn't necessarily like i understand that it's unique and i can respect that um but yeah that's you know that's where i lie i think gotcha um i yeah elvis we tackled it this was a humbling movie humbling yeah indeed i yeah because i mean we talked about this so much we've had so many 80s and 90s recently aside from jurassic world i'm going back from the first movie we did in may with dr strange and the multiverse of madness we've had two movies that were uh below an 80 this is our third oh three you gave hustle a 78 gotcha i gave it an 83 so okay we've we've been spoiled may was good to us May was very good to us, besides ambulance. Right. But is our lowest, joke. lowest average movie. And I don't know. We talked about am I allowed to talk about what we talked about doing at the end of the year? Sure. Go for it. We had talked about doing a um episode at the end of the year where we're we're going to go through all the movies that we reviewed and watched and whatnot this year. And any sort of changing we want to do to our scores. Obviously, it's it's tough to give your opinion on a movie sometimes hours after we'd watched it. Obviously, sometimes you need a little bit of time to marinate. I know Max, after Doctor Strange, after we reviewed it, he saw it again a few days later, and he texted us that he understood things a lot more that time. I would probably bump his score up, I think, from an 82 to an 88. Maybe it was an 86. I can't quite remember. And I think that's just one chance for us, you know, anything that we want to tweak. I know for me personally, I think the Batman would be moving up, I'd imagine. And you also said Batman would be moving up for you. Mm-hmm. Um, the Shawshank, you know, uh, Knives Out, Uncharted, uh, X, you know, all sorts you know, might move around a bit. And then after that, we'll, we'll be done touching any of those movies and, and right. our rankings. Um, I don't remember what I was going to say about that. I don't. I'm sorry. Just that that's that's something that we were doing. Yeah, but I had a point with it. Changing scores. I don't know. Ambulance. Even post-changing, I don't think that's going to... Oh yeah, no, that movie's still gonna be really bad. Yeah. Really in the shitter. I there's one movie we currently have on our schedule. Oh, two movies because I filled out all my pickums for up until oh kind of far. God. Okay. Did you look at it? No, but I will. Oh gosh. Okay. I I have a movie slated for uh the beginning of August. I have that, and then there's that Netflix movie that we put in that came out a little while ago. Mm-hmm. Those two, I don't think either of them will break 10. Should we, should we say what they are? Let's keep the audience wondering. Okay. Okay. Well, you, you know the one. I do know the one. And the other, 
it was a movie that I was excited to see in theaters that came out a few years ago and then uh-huh. I didn't end up going and then ended up being laughably bad and <sighs> now I just can't wait to see it okay uh, I'll tell you once we're done all right um big three time big three yeah we both had this idea so mm-hmm. I don't even think we ever said this is what we're doing I think I hope you assumed this is what we're gonna yes. do okay yeah, yeah. uh top three artists slash bands question mark yeah bands because bohemian rhapsody is like another like it's just a band but it also focuses more on like freddie mercury than other band members so right okay uh that need a biopic that we want to have you know a a movie made based Mm -hmm. off yeah you can go first because i went first okay that makes sense i think so when I was going through this, I wanted like something where the person had like an interesting story or like, you know, I, I think it'd be really cool to see what they do with certain characters. But um, I forgot they're actually making a movie for this guy already. And I saw it in the trailer for Vegas, or I mean, for Elvis. You keep and doing that. Bowie. It, yeah, I keep getting confused about the song Vegas and the movie Elvis because either of those could have been the title of this movie and they just chose Elvis so it's they both have a anyway. V in it and a lot of words yeah. don't have V's in it anyways they're making a David Bowie biopic and it's called Moon Age Daydream and I saw it in the trailer of this movie and it like when I saw it before my eyes I was like this is going to be like David Bowie is really important to me as like someone who likes his music i was you know i was around and listening to his stuff when he passed away so it was kind of like a poetic like holy shit this guy who means a lot to you passes away and uh i think he's such an interesting dude i like you know like those questions where it's like if you could have dinner with one person and be able to talk to somebody alive or dead who would you talk to i think no (laughs) It would, mine would be David Bowie just because he's such an interesting mind and the way he thought about things is so cool. Like even just talking about like his music and what certain things meant. It's like, man, I would really like to just pick your brain on like anything, space, whatever. He's a, he's a guy who was always interested in me. So I cannot wait for that movie to come out, but that's not going to be my third. That's totally fair. So I, for two out of my three, I, I went with, I think this would be a really interesting story to tell on the big screen. But my number three is just some like a an artist or a band that I really like and would just love mm-hmm. to see a movie made with them while they're still alive and kicking. My mm-hmm. number three is Steven Tyler and Aerosmith. Which, that would be like, a cool one. Steven Tyler is just such an interesting character alone. Yeah. It's one of my favorite bands ever, though, and I would just, I would just like to see it on the big screen. I don't know. Yeah. From Boston, from Boston to yeah, the you know the universe. He's cool. He he's he's one of those those uh like when they think when you think of like the the best charting bands like those that like stand the test of time they have a really good frontman you know like Queen had Freddie Mercury. Um, Aerosmith has Steven Tyler, Guns N' Roses has Axl Rose. They have like these larger than life like characters on the stage. And I think that's also why Elvis kind of worked because Elvis was very much so a larger than life personality. 
So Rolling Stones and Mick Jagger. Right. It's 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 great that like I think a movie would have to have like some incredible star power behind it. And sure. I, I say that and my next pick is not going to be like the most like fantastic thing. Um, my number two pick is actually Simon and Garfunkel. And I know that's not like when I say that it's like, whoa, like it's it's who, who even gives a fuck. But like. They famously like break up and it's clear that like one person is the was the brains of the operation and the other guy was just like more of the vocals and i think it would be so cool to talk about like what led them to separate how their solo careers panned out and like where they are now they're not dead but i think it would be cool to show off like the conflict of having two big personalities you know the the, the i think you can also lean into like well, they like you more because, you know, they, they think that you're doing everything when I'm also here. Kind of like the, the Ringo star effect where it's like, oh, Ringo, the fucking drummer, what is he doing to add to the band other than playing the drums, you know? I, I kind of have one similar to that for my number one, I think. Okay. I don't know. Maybe not because I don't know as much about that situation. My number two is kind of a uh, an odd one. Okay. But I think it tells... a it would tell a really, really good story and would be very relevant to today. And that's Meek Mill. Because there, you haven't watched Free Meek on Amazon Prime. I know you haven't, but you should. No. Um, a lot of Meek Mill's upbringing to stardom um, is, is filled with the corrupt judicial system in the United States that we experience with um incarcerated for crimes he had not committed um time and time again and i think it's just such like an interesting story that like does get a nice conclusion and like you are slowly seeing um like it being reformed because of specifically in the philadelphia area where i'm from but because of the works of meek mill and um uh, gosh who's the who's the patriots owner Craft, yeah, Robert Kraft and Michael Rubin teaming together and you know trying to make a change, make a difference. And I think it tells a very good story. And I know Free Meek is already a documentary series you can watch, but it's not the mm-hmm. same as a movie. I mean, you, you get yeah. it. And I think yeah. that would just tell a really, really good story on the big screen that I think a lot of people um could buy into. Not a lot of people watch documentary series on Amazon Prime, you know, it's just not the no, same. I- I didn't. Yeah. I did but, because that's my guy. See, like, yeah, I was never someone who was like super into Meek Mill as an artist. Like, I, I'll be freely honest. I had never heard of this guy until I got to college. And that's not because, like, it's just also I was kind of like late to the game in terms of like rap, hip hop, that sort of thing. But the way you talk about him and like his, like, the Philly influence. I think it'll be interesting regardless. Like I think any artist, I think any artist could have a movie about them. There's a lot of, a lot of people we could have like a very compelling story about an artist, but when it's an artist that's based in like where you're from, you have automatically another like, Oh, well, you know, uh, he's a Philly grown. That's why I like, I would play basketball down that courtyard and they show it on camera. It's like, you know, 
you can't help but relate. Dream chaser for life. <laughs> yeah. My number one boring pick, but I love this band a lot, is actually the Beatles. I think we get a shit ton of fucking information about the Beatles already. You know, we've how many more movies can we make out of these guys? I still think that there is a compelling story to be told where we're using guys who are looking like, you know, Paul McCartney, John Lennon, and their rise and fall. I think you can tell a similar story to Elvis in this way where it's like, you know, Beale mania. You know, I think you can do like the British invasion. You can talk about like all these things and they kind of do with uh, queen and Bohemian Rhapsody. Um, but I, I think I would like another Beatles movie and maybe this will be the last one. <laughs> My thing with the Beatles is it feels just kind of oversaturated already, but I totally get like, it's different when you have a theatrical release telling a more full and compelling story, similar to the three we've gotten so far with Elvis, Elton John, and uh, Mr. Mercury. Mm-hmm. What's your number one, Nick? Oh, sorry. Uh, I just got lost in your eyes. Sorry. My number one, Guns N' Roses. I can see I that one coming. I, you could see that coming. I could see that one coming. Yeah, yeah. I, but I, I fuck with it. I fuck with that take. I think there's just so much to Guns N' Roses in that, like, they had such a huge rise to fame kind of really quickly and mm-hmm. such a big collapse with, like, yeah. Axl Rose and Slash and just disagreements and how horrendous they were on stage at times Mm -hmm. and just the path that each of them went. I don't, the way I envision this movie isn't just necessarily telling the story of Guns N' Roses and then it ends, but where it leads them post the band breaking up. I think, Oh yeah. I think it's unique in that despite their collapse, they both had, such big careers beyond that you know a lot of times super recognizable oh for sure you're you're dressed like axel rose right now right and wearing the fucking bandana yeah come on got the hair um but i i just think there are so few bands and artists where after their demise they're still relevant in such a big way i mean slash is oh, one, yeah. of the, one of the biggest guitar players of all time even yep. long past freaking november rain and Slash, yeah. um, I'm sorry, Axl Rose is still considered one of the best vocalists we've ever seen. Mm-hmm. Long past, like them breaking up, he toured. He was touring with someone huge a couple years ago. I can't think of who it is. A band, yeah, or a current yeah, artist, a, a, a band. Like someone in that band was sick, like I think had like cancer or something like that, and he was mm-hmm. touring with them as their lead singer. Doing the vocals, yeah. yeah. I need to look this up now. I apologize. Um, while I'm looking this up, do you have any honorable mentions? I thought of one as you said, as you were saying your pick. Okay. Hit me with Jimi Hendrix. Okay. It's, I think you can go down like, not necessarily like this is an apples to oranges comparison, but uh, like a Tupac route where it's like, it's an artist who died very early on and kind of had like this blip, but uh, it was also such a fucking impactful blip. And I think Jimi Hendrix fits that where he died so tragically, but he also led such like a 
wave of new music. Yeah. In 2016, he toured with ACDC when their oh. lead singer lost his hearing. Gotcha. ACDC is another interesting one, but I don't know if their story would be that compelling. Yeah, I just don't know enough about it. They went through like different lead singer and like band changes, but the only two constants were Angus Young and um, his brother who had passed away. I forget what his brother's name is. Mason I, Young, I think. I have an honorable mention for you. Hit me. N- Nirvana. Oh, fuck me, dude. That's a great one. They were originally on my list, but then I thought about Meek and was yeah. like, oh my God, that would be like such a good story for a movie. God damn. Yeah, that's a great one. Yeah. Talk about a lot of moving parts there. Dude, yeah, because that's also that has a lot of fan like theory about it where there's like still to this day there's not a lot that's known about like what transpired in the band and what led to the eventual end um but it's you know drugs whatever the fucking his wife i forget courtney cox like i think that's her name no that's no that's who's on friends friends yeah I forget where, what her name is, but she's a bitch. Yeah. You got any other Dude, honorable mentions? I feel like any band where the lead singer or a singer in the band starts dating someone new who wants to be in the band, it just leads to fucking mayhem. Oh, freaking. Yoko Ono. Yes. I couldn't remember her name. God, it and, never uh, works. I guess this is one exception where it did work is Bruce Springsteen. Well, wasn't Bruce Springsteen the band? His wife, like, performs, like, as part of the band. Now? And has, no, has been for, like, a long time. Oh, didn't yeah. know that, actually. Yeah. There's not a lot that I know about the King. Don't call him the King, please. I actually don't like Bruce Springsteen at all. Like, I'm I don't not- like his music at all. I don't enjoy it that much. There are a few songs I like. I'm sure Jersey if I went, legend, though. I'm sure if I went to a concert in New Jersey, I would have a great time. But I'm not paying Bruce Springsteen money in Jersey. So I'm just never yeah. going to. But it's like every yeah. single person in my town is like, oh, Bruce is coming to town. No. Like, I have fun with your fucking $400 tickets. Right. There was, I think it was at the physical therapy office a couple of years ago. I was either that, no, it was when I was getting my hair cut a few years ago. It was at the barber okay. shop. This dude was trying to tell me that he spent a grand a piece on tickets to see Queen way back in the day. And like, I just don't believe that concert tickets were worth a grand back then. I believe that to a certain degree. Like, he must have had, like, the most expensive seats in the house. He had to have been touching the stage. He had to have been backstage. Yeah, you're like, he he had to have been on the stage. It's, see, like, that is kind of a ludicrous amount of money. But at the same time, like, I can kind of, I can kind of understand it. 
because it was Queen. You know, if you had said like random other band that had just just had been starting up or something, but like Queen was already like a well-known thing. And it's it's known that artists make all their money from going on tour rather than like the actual album sales. So it doesn't right. that doesn't blow me away, but I still think that's an outrageous number. My whole thing is like you'd pay a grand to see Queen now because you know he's dead. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, Freddie mm-hmm. Mercury's dead. You didn't know he was going to abruptly die of AIDS then. So, like, the value of those tickets for a band in their prime, I feel like, isn't necessarily there. Like, Elton John's a legend. You pay a lot more for those tickets now than he did when he was, when he was touring with Billy Joel because that wasn't the end. That wasn't the last chance to see him. He's still in his prime. He's still going to be around. Mm-hmm. But what do I know? Because I was not even a thought. Yeah, there, there are certain artists where it's just like, you know, if if I had been around when Queen was at its popularity and I had the chance to go see them, I don't know if I would want to spend a grand on that sort of thing because like maybe it's because I don't feel as passionately about music or don't have the fucking financial capabilities of paying a grand. You know, I'm just going to drop a grand on this and just go see them. No, but I will say that that's a once in a lifetime opportunity. Like fucking one of my dad's stories is like, he almost, he had the opportunity to go see Jimi Hendrix play, but then something had fallen through and he didn't get to see him. And then like a week later he had been, he had been found dead. And it's like, Oh, well see like the value of that ticket now is just like exacerbated because you'll never, it'll never be a thing again. That's my dad saw Tom Petty shortly before he died. Right. And it's like, who would have thought that would have been one of his last shows. Right. I, and he actually, he saw Tom Petty for free. Um, wow. Was, yeah. So he, he was flown out to uh, San Francisco for a work conference. And part of this mm-hmm. conference was they do a, um, there's a concert every year. And that's mm-hmm. how my dad saw. Uh, the uh, goat. <laughs> yeah, sure. Sure. Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's, he also saw Blink-182, gosh, a long time ago when he was sent out for this conference. All the small, small things. I would like to see Blink. Blink. Um, yeah, Blink would be cool. That's my, that's my jam. Um, you want to end this? Uh, we're just talking about music now uh thanks for listening as always on thursday is Lightyear, my pick and i'm a child so Corey has to deal with it (laughs) i already saw it i actually saw Lightyear before i saw elvis and maybe i shouldn't have done that because then we would have had this out on time but who gives a fuck uh yeah Lightyear on thursday the black phone black phone on, mon- on monday. monday yeah yeah i'm excited for that one max always said it's really good uh does max like horror movies i don't know i think it's more of a thriller than a horror movie well that's cool to be honest because i'm pretty sure he's not a horror movie guy but he also mm-hmm. said he wanted to see nope but he also said that seemed more like a thriller than a horror movie so i don't know um and then next thursday Special guest. Mm. Yeah. 
we'll leave it at that. Yeah. We're not even going to tell you what the movie is. We know. We might have said it on Hustle. I don't know. I think we did. I think so, too. Oh, well. Yeah, we did, actually. We did. We did. So go listen to Hustle to find out what we're doing in a week (laughs) and a half from now. (laughs) That's That's how you plug your own stuff. Right. Thanks for listening, as always, guys. And uh, go follow Corey on TikTok. Didn't say that yet. Uh, You'll get to see me in my tight shirt on TikTok if Mm -hmm. you're only listening to Spotify. Um, Until next time. uh, I'll see you, man.